You are listening to the Book Perspective Podcast, a podcast for all types of books. And even though we read all types of books across all different types of genres, we want to give a disclaimer. Many of our books and a lot of our content sometimes is intended for mature audiences. And we don't believe in censorship, but we do want our listeners to have the opportunity to decide if our episode or podcast is good for them. So with that, let's get into the episode. Hey, it's Dominice. And Keely. And you are listening to Booktrospective. And this week we are doing Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. Yes. All right. I'm like, wait a minute. I have a <laughs> mind, like a mind blank as I'm talking to other people. Um, but Keely, how was your week? No, it was good. Nothing, nothing special nothing. that I can think of. No. Been painting the uh, the podcast room the book room or well reading room book club room so yeah yeah we might pass out from paint (laughs) if you hear this (laughs) well if i post it we're still alive but (laughs) no okay uh my week this whole month i like i said it's just so busy let's see cameron's still playing basketball they're in the championship i'm just that's not over yet it was valentine's (laughs) it was the kids valentine's and what else i have to do this week Oh, we live in Indiana, so it's All-Star Week. So I'm going to that. And, yeah. Oh, wait. Did she have a meet on Sunday? Was that Sunday? I think she had a <laughs> gymnastics meet, and she had a volleyball game last weekend. I I cannot. Carter, he's alive. My other child. He does <laughs> exist. I promise. <laughs> um, This month, again, I'm just, I'm ready for February to be over. <laughs> Um, I did happen to get on Apple while well, I was just looking like any general user can look. And we had a five-star review. Ooh. It says Mr. Clever. I wonder. This is Cam. I wonder what Cam's name is in Apple. Hmm. If not, we still appreciate whoever you are. <laughs> but if it is you, Cam, we know. <laughs> but we had a five-star review and we just I just wanted to say thank you to whoever you are. We really appreciate it. They said, um, this is like hanging out with your friends and talking about books. I like that they do different genres. So they have a nice perspective and try new things, which I think is great for those who are looking to stretch the kinds of books you read. So Aww. I appreciate that. And I wanted to shout it out. I, I don't know. I don't, Apple makes it so complicated to like look at stuff, even if it's like your podcast. So I try to keep up with that stuff and look at it. But anywho, all right. So... No, thank you, thank you. Okay, so, the blurb. Yes. Their love was supposed to last forever, but when life delivered blow after devastating blow, Yasmin and Josiah Wade found that their love alone couldn't solve or save everything. It couldn't save their marriage. Yasmin wasn't prepared for how her life fell apart, but she is finally starting to find joy again. She and Josiah have found a new rhythm co-parenting their two kids and running a thriving business together. Yet like magnets, they are always drawn back to each other. And now they're beginning to wonder if they're truly ready to let go of everything they once had. Soon, one stolen kiss leads to another, and then more. It's hot, it's illicit, and it's all good until old wounds reopen. Is it too late to them for them to find love, or could they even be better the second time around? Okay. 
Um, okay, so if you could describe this book in one word, let's do that one first, I guess. Then I'll do a summary. Roller coaster. Oh, okay. I'm going to say resilient. Okay. That's a good one, too. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna be <laughs> thesaurus today. I'm going to have a good word. I did good. Okay, so before I let go, um, again, we're in February. We're doing um, black authors. So they typically write black characters. So we have um, a... This is a dual POV, um, which I normally forget to say before my general summary. <laughs> um, so we have Josiah and why did I just forget her name? Yasmin. Yasmin. I'm like, I was thinking like something with a Z. Yasmin, <laughs> um, Wade, and they are actually, when we are introduced to them, they have divorced. They've been together for a long time. I mean, their oldest child is 13 at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so they've been together for a while. But they have had some very devastating losses in their life. And they're just very different people, which can work in a relationship, but they weren't able to make it work for a multitude of reasons that are disclosed throughout the novel and decided to separate. But they're very amicable. Uh, They run a business together and they are co-parenting very well. And it has been two years since their divorce and now new relationships are coming into play. And so that is when this divorce is really being put to its test. And so we are basically just watching how both Josiah and Yasmin are able to deal with this person that they have loved so strongly move on and actually like and still be a part of their lives because they're very close they're very intertwined and not even just them like all of their friends they live across the like across the street from each other or like down the block or something like (laughs) it's very uh i'm trying to think of like a couple i don't know it gives me like i don't know scott and courtney disick but not like well she wasn't married to him scott disick and courtney kardashian but not as toxic so (laughs) but like how they're like still very like intermixed so like um yeah i mean that's just really kind of the general summary of this it's just kind of see like can this couple um, or not couple used to be couple ex-couple make it work for their family dynamic as what it is now post-divorce um and move on to new relationships by and remain like amicable can their business survive because they are co-partners in a um restaurant so that's really the main gist of this book it's really like touching it is sad um but good (laughs) and that's really all i have to say about it i guess and before we get in i just want to give a disclose oh yes you know warnings yes it is it is um quite heavy at times so just a couple trigger and content warnings um some topics that are discussed is divorce death depression suicidal ideation and stillbirth so you've been warned (laughs) i'm glad you did that i meant to put in my notes to remind myself to remember so i'm glad that you (laughs) did that because I try to do that. Um, But yeah, so if you have not read this book, um, you do not want to be spoiled. This is your warning to pause and come back later. If you are ready to continue with us, let's go ahead and get started. So again, this is a dual POV and we start with Josiah and this is the prologue. So he's basically kind of just reminiscing on when he fell in love with Yasmin, who again is now his 
uh, currently in present day, his ex-wife. And he remembers the moment he fell in love with her. He was so sick and she tried to make him chicken and noodles. (laughs) And it was the nastiest thing he has ever tasted in his entire life. Um, But she just was so like sweet and like loving about it. And he like, he just fell in love with her for doing that. Um, He also had talked to her, you know, this is before they ever got married about how he wanted to have a restaurant and she was the inspiration or the person who came up with the idea of naming the restaurant Grits, which is what it is named in present day. And they were basically just like around, just like kicking it at home. (laughs) And he just randomly asked her to marry him just surprisingly. And she was so shocked um she said that she thought they would wait until they were done because they were in grad school at that time and he basically was like you know you only have one semester left your lease is almost up like it's a good time to move in together and he tells her that he wants to see her uh, her features on their children and gets down on um she actually gets down on her knees because he's down on one knee and she like cradles his face and is like kissing all over him he's like okay but you didn't answer my (laughs) question And she's like, yes, of course, yes. And he didn't even have a ring. It was just like very sweet, intimate, and spontaneous. Uh, So we go to present day with Yasmin. She is driving and her kids are in the backseat. Her, they live in, they don't live in Atlanta. They live like kind of like in a suburb, basically. Um, I don't even know if this is a real place or not. I never looked to verify (laughs) if it was. Um, But they basically live in Atlanta. And she's driving. She has her daughter and son in the backseat. Her daughter's name is Deja and she's 13. Her son's name is Kazim. I don't know that they actually say exactly how old he is. He's a few years younger, but I feel like I either missed that part. Um, but he's like in the fifth grade. So he's mm-hmm. probably like 10, 11-ish. Yeah. So it's like August. They just went back to school. Deja's mad because like she wants to be on their phone. Her mom's like, you know, Yasmin is like, Yaz or Yasmin, I might say both. Um, is like, you know, put your phone away. Like, you know. We were in the car. We just got home from school, blah, blah, blah. So Deja's mad about the phone. Um, and of course, because they call him, what do they call him? They just call him like. Seem. Yeah. And so he like puts his phone away. And so she calls him a brown noser. And Yaz is thinking how her mom like always said that Deja was just like her, which is what most moms always say <laughs> to their daughters who have daughters. <laughs> and how she really loved her relationship with Deja. But since Deja turned 13, like she's just basically a teenager. Uh, anybody who knows a teenage girl knows exactly what this is. And she really just feels like she can't do anything right with her. I feel like I related so much. My daughter is not 13. She's 10. Um, <laughs> and I related so much with Yaz throughout this um, just like being a mom to a daughter who is budding in emotions and becoming their own person. It is, whew, be, be kind to, to mothers <laughs> of daughters. Just please be kind. So <laughs> um, Deja was basically like saying like that Yaz is like, she's like up their ass basically. And she's like, are you like cussing at me? Like what is going on here? And she thinks to herself, like how her mom would have like slapped her upside her head basically. And then Deja just kind of like mumbles and Yaz is like, what'd you say? And she's like, you heard what I said. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, <laughs> and she was like, if you didn't hear me, that's your fault. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, oh. Okay. So, and so Yaz is like, I'm really, I'm really trying to like turn over a new leaf. She's trying to gentle parent, I guess, as the cool kids would say. And so she's really trying to like not be like her mom. And she thinks about how she and Josiah, their dad, really want to set a good example for the kids. And Deja is 
like, well, dad's not really around that much anymore to, you know, help with that. And this is where they kind of start getting into the divorce a little bit. Yaz is headed to Grits, which is the restaurant that her and Josiah still co-own, even though they are now divorced. And basically her and Josiah realized that their kids and their relationship or their restaurant and the kids were the only things keeping them together. Um, and so that's when they basically kind of decided that it was time for them to get a divorce. So when she gets there, Josiah is, is like kiki and ha-han with this, like <laughs> with their chef. And she's pretty. Her name is Vashti. And when she walks in, he stops smiling and like when he sees her and all she can really think about is like, well, at least they're still good business partners. And she can't figure out why her and Vashti have not really like clicked yet the same way her and Josiah have, which I immediately was like, oh, this is where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) She goes into the office to change her clothes and she just kind of has a moment of like panic and grief. And we don't really find out right away what that all is about. It slowly comes out throughout the book. So that night, she's going to be going to meet with her friend. She has a friend named Hendrix. And um, what's her other friend's name? It's down here in my notes. Soledad. I was like, like, son, son. son." I was like, son, son. What is it? (laughs) Um, And so uh, she's going to be meeting them and leaving from the restaurant to meet with them. And she can't get her dress zipped up. So Josiah actually ends up coming into the office and he ends up helping her out with the dress. She's just kind of giving us a lot of history. So we learned that Josiah's Aunt Bird is basically who raised him. And she passed away recently. And since that happened and then the divorce, things have kind of been like tight for them. The business isn't currently struggling, but Josiah would just rather focus, like rather she focus on the kids because she doesn't really work in the restaurant. She does a lot of like not hands-on things Mm -hmm. for the restaurant and he wants it that way he really wants her to be like basically a stay-at-home mom focus on their kids get them to their sports or whatever it is they're going to be doing um especially because like since her divorce deja's grades had started to suffer a little bit uh so she really he really and she agrees wants her to be focusing on the kids so he comes in and like kind of sneaks up behind her to zip up her dress and she's kind of pleasantly shocked by this they're rarely ever alone anymore since the divorce so this is kind of an unusual time and she just kind of thinks to herself like and this is so weird to think about how you used to spend like all your time with a person and now she's like i don't even know what he watches on tv anymore so she just randomly starts talking about um ozark which i love ozark Uh, she randomly starts talking like about ozark and is like oh maybe you should watch it or whatever just like real uncomfortable and he tells her she looks nice and she's like i look amazing which (laughs) yes pat yourself on the back and he basically tells her he'll see her at the house. So he'll be at the house with the kids when she gets home because he only lives two blocks away from her. <laughs> so we switched to, um, or no, we're still in Yasmin's POV. So she's at like the, I don't know if it's a club, wherever they went with Hendrix and they're waiting on their friend Soledad, whose birthday it is. And we kind of get a little background on Soledad. Soledad's husband is named Edward. Uh, Soledad is black and Puerto Rican, I believe. And I believe Edward's white. I don't know if they even ever say this 100%, but that's the gist of what I got. Um, But he basically like, I want to say he's a lawyer or an attorney. He works all the time and barely helps her do anything. Hendrix has no kids and she is like a go-getter. She's kind of like a agent basically kind of she has she has like big clients who are on tv or do shows and stuff like that so she's kind of like an agent um and then like yasmin's basically thinking and i'm a housewife but not a wife anymore (laughs) so hendrix asked like do you still sleep with josiah she was like because he looks good like you know and 
she's just like talking about Josiah and Yaz really doesn't want to talk about him just not in that way and we learn that she met uh Hendrix and Soledad after the divorce because she started going to yoga as therapy and she met them in the yoga class and we actually learned that this is not Grit's original location they had actually moved the restaurant here it's a bit more upscale in this location um and that's you know, I'll just go ahead and put it in here now. That's kind of why the business was struggling. Uh, you know, they everything was going well where they were at. They moved to this upscale location, but then Josiah's aunt died and she was the chef, I believe. Um, so that happened and then there's something else that's going to end up happening. So that kind of put their business in jeopardy a little bit. Hendrix asked if her, if Yaz and Josiah ever did therapy to try to reconcile before the divorce. And she says, no, Josiah's allergic to therapy, <laughs> which is like every black man known to man I, 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 I swear and Yaz starts thinking about how her church always said that what can a therapist do that God can't and I swear I literally put like black toxic toxicity like that like there's nothing wrong with church but like that is such a like common thing like yeah. oh like I've heard so many people be like like you don't need to go to therapists like go talk to your pastor like no like yeah. <laughs> that's why people go to school and are like qualified to do that there is a place for therapy yeah that like yeah you can go talk to your pastor about things like you should but this it's is also okay to go to therapy. to therapy you can do both like you don't like have to choose and i'm like there's so many issues in the black community that could have been resolved if people were going to therapy mm -hmm. and okay with it and like as a pastor like yeah you should support people going to therapy like that's just uh that's so frustrating she also yes also thinks about how she had physical pain due to all of her stress and grief during like the divorce and everything, which she didn't even know could happen, which that literally happened to me before. Something when I was in middle school, like the craziest thing happened. Um, I had all these friends. One of my friends was selling their Adderall to one of my, <laughs> to like all of my friends. And there was like this big, like they like bust at school. And I had no idea. I had nothing. My mom was a probation officer for kids. So my mom comes to school that day and she's like, all of my daughter's friends are in like the detention thing. Where is my daughter? And I'm just like, you know, not the dad. Like I'm just like, I, cause oh I'm, gosh. I am innocent. So I was like, I was stressed out for my friends. Like I didn't do anything wrong. So I literally like I had, um, I went to like one of my other friends house that weekend and I was just like, I like slept and like could not move. Like my back hurt. I was physically in pain. I was so stressed yeah. out. I thought I was going to die. And I was, I was like 14. What was wrong with me? But <laughs> it's just like crazy because I'm like, yeah, like, so yes, you literally can <laughs> physically go into pain from stress and grief. So again, therapy, it's, it's very healthy. <laughs> So they're like having this dinner or whatever they're doing. And Hendrix is like, like, let's go to the strip club. Hendrix is definitely like the wild friend. And Soledad's like, no, I'm the class mom in the morning. Like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, boo. Like, she's like, boo, whatever. So they say, they say goodbye. And we learn um, it's been a year since she um, basically has like met them and kind of like gotten her life back on track. And she just can't even think how she like, like couldn't imagine that she would ever feel happy again like she does now and we learned that Yasmin was the one who asked for the divorce and she does believe that she made the right decision so she heads home and everyone's at home including Vashti and I said um, I'm sorry mm -hmm. the fuck <laughs> uh, excuse me so I was like yeah see I was right mm -hmm. <laughs> my gut never lies so she comes in her kids, her ex-husband is Kiki and a ha -han with Vashti. <laughs> Vashti has her like hand on his knee and they're like playing board games. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> Am I interrupting something? So she's like, kids, it's past your bedtime. Um, and like tells her, her son, like, go ahead and pick up all your trash, blah, 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 blah. And Deja is like talking to Vashti and she's like, oh, my mom thinks everything's unacceptable because she basically told Kasim, like, you know, you need to pick up your trash. That's not acceptable. So Deja's like, yeah, my mom thinks everything's unacceptable. Like, and like Yasmin's like that hurts and but Josiah like gets on her like he's like do not speak about your mom like that way which we love and then he tells Vashti like go out to the car he'll be there in a minute he wants to talk to Yaz and (laughs) Yaz is like is there something that you'd like to tell me and he goes like Vashti and I and she literally snaps off which I agree um, and she's like, what is she doing at my house? And he says, like, there's no reason to be upset. We're two consenting adults. And no, I do have reason to be upset. Because, first of all, I understand that you're consenting, consenting adults. But this is my house. Right. And she also is my employee. So, like, first of all, you could have picked anybody. You could have picked anybody. Not the girl that I have to see, like, when I, like, go into my business. And then, that's fine. But you have the to audacity. think, like the audacity, like you, ha- it's one thing like to be like, hi, I'm going to start dating somebody. And, but this is my house. Right. Y'all are like hanging out at my house. You didn't even like ask if it was okay for her to come over to my house. <laughs> I'm, I, maybe I'm wrong. Somebody tell me, I don't know. And, he, and she's like, we agreed to discuss dating around the kids, which I like this. Okay. So <laughs> he says that, you know, basically him and Vashti bonded at work. She's already been around the kids. He said that we agreed to talk before telling the kids, but he doesn't have to tell her anything. They've been divorced for two years. Now, I do agree. You don't have to tell me that you're dating. You don't. However, this is our employee and this is my house. <laughs> and these are my kids. I mean, like, yeah, and obviously they probably did already know, but this is my house. Right. Like that, it was the house thing for me. Y'all in here, like, cozied up in my house? Mm-mm. Okay. And she goes, I was just caught off guard. So he says he does want to tell the, like, like he hasn't officially told the kids. He's basically like, well, they kind of know, but I ain't told them. So he wants to tell them. And so she's like, okay, what happens if this goes bad? Like, what about work? Because basically, they really struggled finding a chef. And Vashti is a really good chef. So she's like, I don't want to lose her at work. And he basically says, like, we talked about it. We said if anything, you know, started to get weird, we would be professional about it. And I feel like that's what people always say. Mm -hmm. There's no way. If I, like, okay. So if I would have came in there and just beat your girlfriend up for being at my house, there's no way that you were going to go to work tomorrow and be like, this is fine. We're going to be professional. Like, no. It's not going to work out. But okay. Who am I? (laughs) (laughs) So she basically tells him, like, he should be careful. I don't want you to get hurt. And he starts laughing and says, no one has hurt me like you did. And she says, you agreed to the divorce. And he says, you shut me out and and um, and starts to say, we lost. And she says, don't say his name. So Josiah just leaves. It's still um, Yasmin's point of view. And we are at food. I think it's food truck Fridays is what they call it. And she's, like, trying to get things together. She basically has it organized. They have, like, all these little small, like, community events that they typically have in, like, rom-com books. But um, she's, like, got all these different food trucks. And Grits has a food truck there. Food truck there. And Milky is a guy who works for Grits. He also used to date Josiah's Aunt Bird. And so, like, he's kind of like a father figure to them. Vashti also is there. Of course, she comes in with Josiah. And... 
Yaz just wonders, like, does anyone else notice how Vashti looks at Josiah? And then Deja comes up to her and asks if she can go with Vashti to the restaurant. And Yasmin just really kind of starts to wonder, like, when was the last time that her own daughter looked at her the way that Deja looks at Vashti? Which really hurts. Like, I, I really hate that for her. So Hendrix, like, nudges her and is like, you know, like, basically, like, we see what you see. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, now they're going to interrogate me. And so Hendrix starts talking about da- uh, dancing and she wants to, um, what, she wants to dance to feel good by Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> and she says, uh, R. Kelly used to be my jam until he started being a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as they can get away, Hendrix basically just like jumps right down her throat and she's like, is, is she, is she sleeping with your husband? And Yaz is just like, yes, they're dating. And like basically tells her, tells her and Soledad's there also and tells them everything that happened last night. And she's like, just drop it. Like, I'm happy for them. And Hendrix is like, are you really okay? She's like, yes. And Hendrix is like, well, that's too bad. Cause her husband, or cause Josiah sure is fine. And he's got that deep voice <laughs> and his smooth walk. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when we this is when we learned that Soledad is like half Puerto Rican and Yaz is thinking of like how pretty her daughter is her daughter's name is Lupe and she's 13 also so she's friends with Deja so Lupe comes up and tells Deja oh like I missed you in English class today and uh-huh. Yaz is like I'm sorry why wouldn't you in English class today and Deja basically is like Deja is a natural influencer and so she's very like set on being an influencer so she was like, well, there was like some live hair or something, whatever. So I skipped class. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm with Yaz on this. Like, it is a big, yeah. it's a big deal. And Deja also is like ready to leave for like the night because she wants to go home and make videos. And Yaz basically is telling us how like they, her and Josiah monitor their socials really good. Um, because even though she's an influencer, they don't want them just, you know, willy nilly on the internet. Which totally beyond. Very, very yeah. smart. So while this is all going on, Feels Good comes on, like, the DJ turn, and she looks up and she sees Josiah over at the DJ booth and realizes that he must have requested the song for Hendrix because he was there when she was saying all that. And so they kind of share, like, a moment across, like, the crowd or whatever, and he kind of acknowledges her. So they're back on decent terms from the night before. So we switch over to Josiah, and he is at home, and he's asleep, and he is getting woken up by his, like, dog, Otis. Otis is, oh, I can't remember what type of dog. He's like a bigger dog. And he used to be great Dane. a great Dane. Yeah. And huge. <laughs> yeah. That's a horse. <laughs> he used to be Aunt Bird's dog. And so he basically starts thinking about how basically the reason he ended up with Otis after the divorce is because one night Yaz called him at like 2 a.m. and was like, can you come get Otis? Because he's standing on your side of the bed whining and crying and he will not stop. So he goes over there that night and she opens the door and he literally like he has an erection. He's like, oh, my God, my wife is so beautiful and I want to come home. <laughs> um, but he thinks about he, how he feels like his Aunt Bird left Otis to him, like to just make sure he had somebody. And this is where we learn that his parents both died when he was eight. We'll learn later that they died in a like car crash. So they died at the same time. And so his Aunt Bird was his only parental figure and then now she's gone as well so present day he is up making breakfast and he mentions uh vashti like he's talking to otis and otis is not like vashti he's like like humph like or something like that he's like "Mm -mm." (laughs) he's like oh don't do that like uh -uh." he's like you need to go home to your wife (laughs) and so 
Josiah's just thinking like how hard it is living without his kids. And basically like they had Deja really quickly after they were married. And then they had Kazim like about uh, a few years, a few years later. And then he's like thinking about how a few years ago and they don't really say here, but I was like, okay, maybe they had a miscarriage. Cause that's what it was like starting mm-hmm. to feel like to me. Like, obviously I'm, I'm feeling like they lost a child. So he goes outside and he has um, two, um, he has neighbors next door. It's a gay couple and they have adopted uh, a black baby and they ask if he wants to hold her. And he's like, in his mind, he's like, no, I don't want to hold this baby. But he like didn't want to tell them that. So he picks, he picks the baby up and she like instantly loves him. Like he's of course got instant dad appeal. (laughs) (laughs) And because they all live in the same neighborhood, somehow Yaz ends up coming out and she offers to watch the baby like so that the couple can have a date night and everyone kind of like freezes really weird and they're like are you sure like would you be okay with that and she's like yeah I'd be fine so Yaz tells Josiah that they need to do something about Deja and he says like maybe you should give her a break like you've been hard on her and she says we can't be negligent parents and so he kind of gets upset and says are you sure that she even skipped class like because they're talking about this English class thing again and um Yaz is like, you know, she needs consequences for that. And so Josiah's like, I'll talk to her. And Yaz asks if they should talk to her together to kind of present a united front, which is very important. And he says no, because he feels like things are strained between her and Yaz. And he's like, also at the same time, thinking about how beautiful Yaz is. And he's still not really like completely over their relationship. You can tell there's still things there. So the kids come out. And he tells Deja that she looks more and more like her mom every day. And so she starts like frowning and she's like, I hope I grow out of it. And then he starts thinking to himself, like maybe yes, isn't being overdramatic because like, ouch, that would, that would crush my soul. Like, oh my gosh. So we go to Yaz. She is at yoga with Hendrix and Soledad. And she's um, telling them basically how Josiah called her sensitive about the whole danger situation. And Hendrix thinks that maybe it's not so serious. She's like, you know, I was kind of like Deja growing up. But Soledad is like, uh-uh, like, you don't skip English class, which I have to agree with them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care about that influencer stuff. Like, I mean, like, yeah, like, you definitely can do that, but you're going to class. <laughs> you're definitely not going to decide on your own that you're not going to class. But whatever. And also, Soledad is, like, very concerned because she watches Euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, I know what those kids do. And, of course, like, their kids all go to, like, this, like, <laughs> rich preppy school, which, like... Hey, kids with money. (laughs) (laughs) We switch back over to Josiah. So he has taken the kids to the river for the day. And he mentions like the skipping class thing to Deja. And Deja's like mad at her mom. Basically like, oh, she told you whatever. And he basically is like, you know what? Like since you skipped class, no social media for a week. And he's like, she's like, did mom tell you to do that? And he's like, no, I'm deciding that. And she's like, can you please like take something else, anything? And he's like, no, that's why do you think I'm taking that? Like, I don't want to take something else. I'm going to take the thing that you, right. <laughs> like, that's how punishment works. <laughs> so while he's out there, Vashti calls and she wants to, she says she wants to see him. And she's like, maybe I can come over after closing. And he's thinking how she's really been dropping all these hints about spending the night. And he thinks how weird it is just to be dating again. And he's like, I mean, this is probably normal. Like, it's probably normal that my, <laughs> I guess, girlfriend wants to come spend the night. Right. And she, Vashti asked him, like, does he think that Yaz is going to come into the restaurant today because she thinks things are going to be weird now that she knows. And he doesn't think she will. And he's like kind of thinking to himself, like he really doesn't want to get too serious because this is his first relationship since the divorce. So Deja tells him, um, 
that her and Kasim know about Vashti. Like he is, they're not keeping any secrets. And so he asks like if they're okay with it. And she says, yeah, why wouldn't I be after what she put you through? And he's like, why? Like, what do you mean? And she says that, you know, mom's crazy and put you through all this stuff. And he's like, you do not talk about your mom like that. Um, And he's like, your mom was depressed and she lost a son. And so we learned that they lost a baby prior to the divorce as well. His name was Henry. And I believe she was 36 weeks pregnant and he was a stillborn. And Josiah told Deja, like, if I ever hear you talk about your mother like that again, you'll have to deal with me. And he wonders if Deja is like this towards Yaz because he's allowed her to be this way. So we switch back over to Yaz and she is now running a movie night in the square. So again, <laughs> all the little like cutesy events. And um, a neighbor comes up to her. Her name's Deirdre. And she basically owns a bookstore. Shout out to Keely. Look, it's like a mm-hmm. bookstore book. <laughs> and basically when she was really depressed. So after, I mean, she had severe, I guess you can call it postpartum. Um, but she has severe, I mean, it went past postpartum though. She had severe yeah. depression after um, losing her baby. And so uh, Deirdre was like one of the people who not only like brought her like food and stuff, but would bring her books to try to get her um, through her depression. And she never would like stop coming no matter how much she was ignored or anything like that. And so she comes up and is just kind of like chit-chatting with her and just checking on her. And she's getting everything set up to have like a little picnic with Hendrix and Soledad. And then Soledad's kids are there and they're drinking freaking LaCroix. Those are nasty. <laughs> they, they are, are so, so gross. So nasty. So gross. And they drink them multiple times in this book. <laughs> and I just cannot possibly believe that anybody in. It's like, it's like if I like squeezed a grape and like, like blew the air of the grape it's like the essence of what a flavor is supposed to be like <laughs> i had heard so many good things about it so i tried it and i literally spat it out when like, i tried those i mean it's been like i was in mp school when i tried those it's been years but i literally bought like a case the first time because i read everybody was drinking yeah. them. and i'm like i probably still have the case somewhere i probably didn't i don't know they're so bad and they're i don't disgusting. know why because it's like wouldn't it just taste like nothing but it doesn't it tastes like something but it's disgusting yeah. And I was like, yeah, why Why are you guys drinking that? You can't possibly tell me that these girls drink LaCroix. It tastes, it tastes like something and nothing at the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like compressed air and like, <laughs> you know what? It tastes like nightmares. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> so I'm just like, you cannot tell me that this group of, this group of women mm-hmm. who do all these other wonderful things are drinking LaCroix. I'm just not believing that. And I am so sorry if you're a LaCroix drinker. This is all the love in the world to you. I don't know. What's wrong with your taste buds? I still love you. We still love you over here at the podcast. I think this is that's the most unrealistic thing about that has to be. And Katie Ryan, I'm assuming you drink them because why else would you put them in here? All the love in the world to you. Continue to do your best. I mean, <laughs> I tried them. Was not for me. No. <laughs> Anyways, back to the book. <laughs> um, so they're setting up this little picnic. And of course, Josiah and the kids are coming from their like day out at the river and he is walking up and he's holding hands with Vashti. Like, I'm about to punch you in the face. Mm-hmm. Or like, mm-mm. And so, and this is so funny because Hendrix tells you, ask, fix your face. And if you knew the amount of times in my life that people have <laughs> looked at me and said, fix your face, you would be sick because <laughs> my face is always unfixed. Literally, COVID was the best thing that ever happened because wearing a mask mm-hmm. was fine. But you know what? Wearing a mask isn't because people tell me I have expressive eyebrows. So it doesn't matter if I wear a mask because my eyebrows also are going to show you that I have concern. <laughs> but yeah, so 
fix your face. Like, Hendrix is like, fix your face. <laughs> and she's like, you need to go find your happy face. She's like, go find your happy place and bring back a bad bitch. She was like, because he does not get to see you upset. And I love, I love Hendrix for that. Like, please do. So, of course, he comes up and he puts his blanket down right next to them. And so, um... Like they look and there's like this this white man, this fine white man walking up and he's headed right towards Jazz. And so we learned that his name is Mark. He's a developer, but he's also a congressional candidate. So Mark is somebody to watch for. And Soledad also works for him, I guess. I don't know if it's for his campaign or with the developing stuff. Um, and basically, he's always asking about Yaz. Mm. So <laughs> while he's on his way over there, Yaz is staring at Josiah and smiles and he like glares and flicks his eyes at Mark because Mark comes up to her and um, like she is not attracted to Mark in any like way shape or form but she's like I'm gonna talk to this man and so Mark is like um, telling her like he likes her basically and she says I don't want to hurt you and she doesn't want to drag him into any kind of games with Josiah she says I'm not ready for anything serious and he says that's fine he's willing to risk being the first and he just tells her like you're smart you're sexy you're a natural leader and, and so she's like, okay, whatever. So she goes, sits down, and Hendrick asks what Mark wanted. And Yaz is like, a date. <laughs> but, like, loudly. <laughs> so that, obviously, Josiah can hear. And Soledad asks if she's going to go on it because of Josiah. And she says no. And then she says, maybe. <laughs> so we switch over to Josiah. And he's at um, he's headed to a parent-teacher conference. And he's worried about Yaz choosing Mark and looks um he's like looking at her and like how luscious her body looks and they are basically at a conference for Kasim. and Yaz is worried because he's the only black boy in the class and she's ready to pounce and <laughs> I feel her because I'd be like what like what is it so basically the teacher says that Kasim is very bright and she thinks he needs more challenging work so I don't I I wasn't okay I think he's in fifth grade and they want him to skip to the seventh grade next year is I think that's how mm-hmm. I was reading that correctly mm-hmm. Um, but she basically says that, so academically he's ready, but emotionally he's not. And so of course they're looking like, what do you mean? So she tells him that they basically had some journal project and he wrote in the journal that his greatest fear is that his whole family will die, like his aunt and his brother. And basically she thinks that, you know, he needs to go to therapy. And so that's when they tell the teacher that, you know, they're, you know, Aunt Bird died and then the stillborn. And, um, I guess Kasim also has expressed that he also has a concern about his dad leaving. And she suggests that he needs to uh, see someone in order for them to feel comfortable with skipping him ahead and ask if either one of them have ever been to a therapist. So Yaz is like, yes, I actually currently see one. And Josiah is like, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. <laughs> and so <laughs> his teacher basically tells Josiah that you have to present it as a positive because he's like, no, I've never seen a shrink. And so she's like, you need to present it like positively and like don't call it a shrink. So we switch back over to Yaz and she is in her closet and there are a pair of Jordans that she has hidden from Josiah. So he is a sneakerhead, has tons and tons and tons and tons of Jordans and different shoes. And basically when he was leaving, she kept these and these are like a really, really super rare pair. Like he's never even, I don't think he's ever even worn them. And um, he was looking for them and looking for them. And she was like, nope, I don't have them. But she just puts them on sometimes to just to like remember him by. And so she gets a text from Josiah saying he's on his way and ask if um, if she's warned the kids. And she's like, nope, this is an ambush. <laughs> and so he shows up and he has Otis with him, so the dog. 
And they asked Deja to go in the other room. And she's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and she's like, the last time you guys did this, that you told us about the divorce. And I mean, that's kind of fair. I understand that. So he's like, no, this is about school. Um, we just want to talk to Kasim about it. So she's like, oh, okay, like you're good. So she uh, leaves and they tell him like he's super smart and that basically he can skip the sixth grade and go straight to seventh. And he's like, well, I'll have to leave my friends behind, which... That is a fair concern for a kid. And they basically tell him, like, in order for him to skip the grade, he might need therapy. And he's like, well, I'm not sick. He's, like, talking to his mom. And he's like, you went to therapy because you were sick and sad. But, like, basically, like, I'm not. And she thinks of, like, her resentment for uh, Josiah. And, like, basically because he was able to just, like, at least on from her view of it, like power through the whole thing that happened with Henry and the baby they lost and how he didn't show all the distress. Meanwhile, she completely fell apart and had to go to therapy. And um, they basically tell him like, we know like nothing's wrong with you, but it's just helpful to have somebody to talk to. And so Kasim asks his dad, like, do you need help? And Josiah says no, but that he'll go to therapy if he, if Kasim will. And Yaz is shocked because he refused to do it in order for them, like, that's what she asked for, for them to save their marriage, and he would not do it. So she's very surprised that he agrees. So Josiah, we switch over to him, and he can't believe that he agreed to do it either. And so he's leaving with Otis, and Yaz walks him out, and she's, like, standing in front of him, and he just cannot stop looking at her. (laughs) And he's, like, just having all these flashbacks about, like, being with her, and he's getting text messages from Vashti about staying over at the same time. So they're sitting on the porch and basically he's like sitting in the dark on the porch because he's like, he's turned on by her and does not want her to tell. (laughs) And so she asked him like, did he mean it by saying he was going to go to therapy? And he says yes, but he's not excited about it. But if it'll help Kasim, he'll do it. And she's kind of hurt and asks if he wants recommendations. And he says, um, like basically he didn't want to say, like he says he didn't want to imply that he was too good for therapy. Switch over to Yaz and Deja is going with Hendrix to find like some special kind of hair from some hair store because she's doing some kind of video and it's the first day of Kasim's therapy. So that's where Yaz is going and she tells her or, oh, she's basically talking to Hendrix and she's basically like wondering if like, or what changed Josiah's mind about opening up to going to therapy because he wouldn't do it for her, which I know, you know, probably hurts her. And she picks Kasim up from his soccer game to take him to therapy. And he seems really nervous um, when he's in the backseat. Josiah also shows up at the end of the game just to wish Kasim luck. And she tells him on the ride over to the therapist, like how she had to try different therapists before she found the right one. So like if this doesn't work out, basically, it doesn't mean it's the end of the road. But after the session, Kasim says it was like really fine. And the therapist, you know, was like, you know, we didn't do much. We were really just getting to know each other. But, you know, it seemed like it went okay. So over to Josiah, (laughs) he meets with his therapist and his therapist (laughs) says, like, tell me about yourself. And Josiah's already annoyed. And he says, like, (laughs) the therapist tells him, like, the intake form told me, like, the things that happen in your life, but it doesn't tell me about you. Um, He's like, everyone processes things differently. And so, like, you know, the same way that, like, you responded to losing your aunt doesn't mean that somebody else responded the same way, basically. So... The therapist is, I was like, the therapist is a black man and he is like reading Josiah. Like he is not giving him no kind of slack. And he tells him that, but like, he, cause he asked Josiah something and he's like, oh, like you're just getting right to it. And he's like, well, you don't seem like you like to mess around. He's like, I'm just going to get straight to the point. 
And he was like, I can use my kid gloves on you if you want me to, but it doesn't seem like you plan on coming here for many visits. <laughs> so like, we don't basically have time for that. So Josiah is like already instantly worked up. And the therapist starts asking about the divorce and who wanted it and was it amicable. He starts asking about Yasmin and Josiah says she's beautiful. And basically he's like, I wanted to, he was like, I wanted to have sex with her every day for the rest of my life. And so the therapist is like, so your whole marriage was based off of having sex. And he was like, well, no wonder that your marriage got old and ended. And I'm like, dang. <laughs> 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 oh, I need like this. We need a real therapist like that. Like, that's good. So he's like, okay, well, since like that was the whole like precipice of your like marriage, he was like, so did she let herself go after her pregnancies? Like, is that the issue? And Josiah's like, no, like, I mean, she still looks good. So then he's like pivots and starts asking about his aunt bird. And Josiah says that she was great, but he thinks like maybe she was a little too lenient, lenient because she was a very independent person. So like she kind of let him do his own thing. And Josiah starts to talk about how he was the one who actually found her dead. Um, she had a heart attack while she was in the kitchen cooking and he was the one that came in and found her. He also says that her and Yasmin were very close. And then he starts to talk about the stillbirth and says that at 36 weeks, he had went to California for a like work related conference that he didn't really want to go to. But Yas was like, you should go. I'm fine. She was at the restaurant, which he tried to tell her, like, you don't have to be like we have staff. She's like, I'm good. She basically was closing up. She fell hit and like fell on her stomach really hard. That's what caused the stillbirth. So he's like very overwhelmed and he like literally turns to the guy and he's like, okay, like, isn't my time up? <laughs> and he's like, no, we literally just got started. <laughs> like, no, he's like, I'm ready to go. And so he asks if he wants to talk about like that experience in more detail because he can tell that Josiah's getting pretty emotional. And he asks if these losses are the reason for the divorce. And Josiah doesn't really want to unpack. He says he doesn't want to unpack the worst night of his life with a stranger. Well, that's what he's telling us. But then he thinks about Kasim and he's like, you know, forget it. I'm just going to talk about it. So he kind of tells us like what happened. So he was driving home one night um, from the restaurant and like he's thinking about how they live in this super expensive area now. And he finds a note like on the garage that says a check bounce and that their account is overdrawn. So this is after the death of his aunt bird and the stillborn. And they've already cut pay for themselves from grits. And he's considering taking their kids out of the private school that they go to. And he's like coming home. His house is like super dark. It's cold. And he's just thinking about how like he cannot connect with Yaz. Like he can't reach her since the still the stillbirth. She's just, I mean, she's very depressed. And he just can't believe how their relationship is. She's in the, nur the nursery, which she's always in there. And he's like ready to turn it. It was basically their office. And he's ready to turn it back into the office. Like he wants to get rid of that stuff. He just wants to move forward. And, get rid of any reminder. Yeah. Any reminder of the baby and like move forward. So he goes in there and finds her in the nursery. And Yasmin asks him if he ever thinks about the baby. And she's like, you never talk about him. You never cried. And like, he's like thinking to himself, like, she's right. Like I, he never did cry. Like he, he, he's not able to cry basically. Like Josiah literally cannot cry. And he's like, he couldn't cry. They had a funeral for the baby. Like he couldn't cry then. And then he looks at her and she's not in a nightgown, which is what she always wears. She's actually like in new lingerie. 
And he, like, is instantly turned on. So she gets up and, like, starts kissing on him. And she wants to have sex with him. And, like, she's, like, shaved. Like, she's, he's, like, something is wrong. He's, like, this seems very calculated. And he's, like, why are you doing this? And she says, I want another baby. And he's, like, no. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And basically the doctor told them that it was a risk and that she could die because what happened when she fell was she had a placental abruption. That's when the placenta detaches from the wall of the uterus. And that's what caused her to lose the baby because the baby loses oxygen that way. And so after that happens, if you have any further pregnancies, it puts you at very high risk. So the doctor said that, um, you know, that was very high risk. Also, it's just not, you just don't, you don't replace a kid with another kid. It doesn't work like that. And she knows, Yaz knows that too. Like she knows that. I mean, when you're going through that, that's hard to process, but it's not a good idea. I agree with him. And, um, she tells him, like, you didn't even want Henry. Like, you weren't there when it happened. And he tells her, like, you told me to go to that conference. And she says, I almost died alone. And she then she starts telling him, don't touch me. He's trying to hug her. And he's like, well, you just wanted to have sex with me. Now you don't want me to touch you. And she's like, I asked the doctor. They said it's okay. And so he basically takes her from the nursery out to the garage, which is their, like, arguing space. And he's like, I can't lose anyone else. And he's like, we can adopt. We can foster. And she doesn't want to do those. She wants her own baby. And she tells him he hides at the restaurant and buries himself in work. And she says, you don't hurt. And he just tells her, like, just because I don't fall apart doesn't mean that I'm not feeling emotions. And he tells her, I'm the one that's holding everything together and shows her like the notice and tells her about how the bills and all the money stuff that's going on. And she's like, why are you keeping this from me? Which he he wasn't, but like also I don't, I wouldn't disagree if he was because she really wasn't in a good place to process it. And he's like, you know, you barely even get up out of the bed or spend time with the kids. And so that like sets her off because she's like, I'm raising my kids. And she's like, it physically hurts me to get up. And so she goes to the nursery. And so he's in the garage. So he grabs this pink uh, can of paint that they use to paint Deja's room and goes to the nursery and she's sitting there. And there was a Bible verse on the wall. I can't remember what it said, but it was like, um, I can't even remember what. I can't remember who it was from, but there was a Bible verse on the wall. (laughs) And so he like swipes through like the Bible verse with this pink paint. And so she starts screaming and he grabs her and she's just like, I want a divorce. And he said, he says like, what, like, what are you talking about? We said until the wheels fall off. Like that's kind of their phrase. Like until the wheels fall off, like we're not ever going to be done with this. And she's like, I just can't do this anymore. And he asks if she doesn't love him. And she says she can't find it under all of the pain. And so just let her go. And that is so heartbreaking. It is. That is so sad. So we switch over to Yaz, and she is at her therapist's office, um, which is Dr. Abrams. And she's talking about how she hates how snappy she is at Deja. And she tells her, like, her therapist is like, you know, you're human, and you just need to explain to Deja, uh, you know, what you're feeling. And, you know, it's not an excuse for her to act out the way she is just because, like, you're processing. And she says that Deja's mean to her and nasty. And Dr. Abrams says, just keep communication open. Don't allow her to have a past, but be understanding. And she asks, how is Deja with Josiah? And Yaz says, she's fine. Like, she's like perfectly respectful to him. Everything's great. And she's like, she didn't even react to him dating now. And the Dr. Abrams is like actually kind of surprised to hear that he's dating. And she wants to hear more about it, but she has another appointment to go to. Uh, And I just like, uh, it hurts me so bad because like 
being the like okay people always say like one of the hardest things is like having like a really bad breakup and then having go having to go to work after like <laughs> that is that is true like being a mom and then like or and having to like parent when you're like sick or like depressed or like like that is so hard too and then like I get it like every day when I get up my daughter does something that I'm like, I always want to send my kids to school, like on a pleasant note. And every morning that never happens. And I hate it. But I'm, I'm like, I like, I have to correct it. But I'm like, I want to send them to school. But it's like, yeah. you don't have your stuff ready. Like your clothes. Like when I came home today, like all I, their shoes, like in every room, like the bathroom was I picked up. And I'm like, why do I constantly have to say this every day? And like in the morning, I'm like, I want to send you off to school and ha- have a good day but like i can't also just let you do that right. and i like my daughter and like her dad do not have a good relationship and so like i'm always like the bad guy and i and it doesn't help the situation and so it's like the good thing is that yes has josiah like on her side with that but so like i get that so much where it's like that balance of like i have to be your parent like i'm not gonna not be your mm-hmm. parent and but like it's hard to have them not like you because these kids are mean. <laughs> they are mean. Yeah. Um, so she leaves Dr. Abrams and Kasim calls her and he's freaking out. He's like, I left my robot remote. He built some robot. Again, he's a boy genius. <laughs> um, and so he left his remote for his robot that he needs and he left it at his dad's house and his dad's not answering. He's like, can you go to dad's? Like, I know you have a key, blah, 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 blah. And so she's like, I mean, like, I don't want to just go in this man's house. Like, this is how. <laughs> like, at least she has some boundaries because right? he didn't have any battery. He was like, you know, come on. Like, I'm going to go over here. Vashti, you can come over here. Blah, 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 blah. So whatever. So she calls Josiah because like, he basically has like a standard like basketball game or something with his friends or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So like, that's why he wasn't an- answering. So she calls him. He doesn't answer. She leaves a message. She's like, hey, I'm going to your house, blah, 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 blah. So then she's like, I'm not dressed. <laughs> so she like puts on some mascara, which is so funny because after like one of my breakups, like I remember I had a friend tell me like, whenever that man sees you, like make sure you're looking good. Like put some mascara on and then go wipe it off after they like see you. Like just look good. I'm like, that is so funny. Like just to be like, I'm putting some mascara on or something. So she's like, I'm putting some mascara on. And so she goes and he's like, his car is not there. So she goes inside and she sees two wine glasses. And so she knows that Vashti must have been over here. So she goes to Kasim's room, gets the remote, and she sees the last picture that they took together as a family before the divorce. So she's kind of like looking at it. She was actually pregnant in that picture and no one had known yet except for her and Josiah. So she's just thinking like how perfect things had been at that time. And she gets ready to leave and runs into Vashti. So she was here the whole time. And, like, she obviously doesn't have a car. Um, And she's wearing, like, one of Josiah's, like, dress shirts. And that's it. So, obviously, we know they've slept together. And she tells Jasmine, like, Josiah's at the basketball game. And Yas like, I know. Like, I know where he is. I know his schedule. (laughs) And Yas is, like, she's pissed. But she's, like, trying to, like, softly, like, okay, I'm going to be fine. And she feels like like Vashti is stealing like Josiah from her, but she's like, no, like I gave him away. Like mm-hmm. she's not stealing anything from me. So she's like, I I gotta get up out of here. So she drops the remote off to Kasim at school, and she's leaving. And Josiah calls, and he's like, oh, like I got your message. I can drop it off. But she's like, nope, I already got it. And she he's like pauses because he's like, oh shoot, mm-hmm. like you went to my house. Vashti was at my house and she's like I hope I didn't scare Vashti and he says oh she was still there 
And she's like, yep, gotta go, and hangs up. So she's like, okay, do I fall apart? Do I push through? Whatever. She's like, I know I'm not supposed to, like, push my, like, shove my emotions down, but, like, I'm driving. So she's like, I literally got a sign from God, the Target bullseye sign. (laughs) And she, like, pulls over in the parking lot and just, like, lets herself fall apart. And she tells herself this isn't the end. Like, this is the beginning of, like, a new thing. And thinks of, like, she just can't, like, wrap her mind around him giving himself, like, physically and emotionally to a new woman. And so she, like, decides that instead of feeling pain, she's going to choose anger out of her emotions and stick to that one. And she's like, since he's getting his, I'm going to get mine. And she texts Mark back about the date. So we switch to Josiah, and he's pissed that Yaz ran into Vashti. So he's still at the locker in the gym. He, like, punches his locker. And his friend, Preach. Um, and he's like, you know, what's wrong? And he doesn't want to tell him, but basically preach. I think he's married to a therapist. And he's like, he literally can like sniff out any kind of problem. <laughs> like he's like, just leave me alone. But his friend tells him like, he worries about him. Like, cause he keeps everything locked up. And basically Josiah's like, everybody can't be like you. And like whatever his wife's name is. But then he go ahead and he admits that, you know, like what happened with Yaz and Vashti. And his friend like was like, basically how was having sex with Vashti? Like, and Josiah kind of considers like okay like it was decent because I haven't had sex in a long time like but it really like it wasn't it wasn't like him and Yaz like it wasn't anything spectacular and he actually felt like at the end of it like he's lost something so we switch back over to Yaz and she's dreading a call to Josiah but she calls him and she tells him that she needs a sitter tonight because she's going out so he says he'll come by and ask if it's a girl's night out and she's like no a date and so he just sits there in silence and he says who and she tells him it's mark and he's like i figured he hasn't hit his attraction and he says well he's a rich guy who used who's used to getting what he wants so be careful and she tells him like i stay out of your business and josiah says this is uh is this tit for tat basically and she's like no and she tells the kids that she's going on a date kasim sends upset about this and he says he's not and he'd rather um He'd rather that his parents had got the divorce than always fighting. And he says that he used to hear them and he would get scared and go to Deja's room because he was scared. And Deja basically told him that he would always have her at least. So she's trying to get the kids ready. She tells them there's leftover uh, lasagna and Deja doesn't want that. And um, Kasim is like, uh, or Deja's like, can you tell dad to bring food from the the restaurant home, which, so Kasim's really obsessed with the ribs there. And they're <laughs> basically, again, Vashti makes all the food. So Yaz is obviously just pissed because like, like she, I want my kids to eat my food. Like, you know, like right. not Vashti's food. So then Kasim kind of notices this and he's like, you know what? I'll eat the lasagna. But Deja does end up calling her dad and he brings her food. So she's in the bathroom, like trying to figure out what to do with her hair. Cause she couldn't get her hair done in time. So she's trying to like do something natural with her hair. So Deja comes in and she does do it for her. And then as she gets dressed, she's just kind of looking at her body and appreciating like how she's like matured into her body post-pregnancy. And she really doesn't have any like body shame. So she FaceTimes her friends, Hendrix and Soledad, and they love her outfit. And she goes down to answer the door because she thinks it's Mark, but it's Josiah. And he says, you look nice. And then everybody is literally waiting around as Mark rings the door, like even Josiah. (laughs) And he's like dressed in a suit. He has flowers. And she's like, oh, thank you. She like grabs the flowers and then she goes to do something else. So she shows the flowers at Josiah. (laughs) And um, so she basically like she leaves. So she goes on the date and she's thinking like Mark's attractive, but she definitely doesn't like want to have sex with this man. The date is nice, and she finds out that Mark's divorced for five years. He does have a daughter. He admits that 
you know, the divorce was his fault. He was really just focused on work. <laughs> he didn't give a lot into his relationship. And so he's, he, you know, has tried to be better about doing that. Um, they talk a little bit about politics, basically. And he says, I'm pretty sure Josiah threw my flowers away. <laughs> and he does ask why they were divorced. And she says she doesn't really want to, like, spend her whole day talking about that. So we go back to Josiah. He's watching Deja about to record a video. And he's like, you know, you should be getting ready for bed. And she says, shouldn't you be going home? <laughs> or are you waiting for mom? And he admits, like, I was talking to Kasim about therapy. And she asked, how has therapy been going? And she tells him, like, you know, you were, like, strong and holding everything together. And mom just fell apart. And he says, I told you not to talk about your mom like that. He says, I look strong, but that doesn't mean anything. And he wonders if he made Yas look weak to the kids. And Deja says, you don't have to defend her. I was there. And he says, where? Like, where were you? Like, you weren't in our marriage. You, like, 13-year-old child. Be quiet. I was there. <laughs> like, yes, you were physically in the house. But, like, you don't know. Your frontal lobe is not developed. Shh. <laughs> God. Okay. <laughs> Teenagers. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, and Deja basically, like, gets up and she just gets in bed and says, good night. And he's like. <laughs> He's like, I feel dismissed. And all I can hear is, good night. Uh, he's like, dang, she just dismissed me. And he really wants to get to the bottom of her resentment for her mom. And I'm like, therapy. Why are all of you in therapy with Deja? Like, why did nobody like, okay, well, maybe Deja just do therapy since all the rest of us are doing it. So he does consider waiting for Yasmin. So he goes downstairs and he sees the lasagna <clears throat> and he um, go ahead and get some of it. And he's like, it's actually pretty good because if we remember back to the prologue, Yaz is not known to be like a really good cook. <laughs> And he does consider throwing away the flowers. And so he's eating and the camera system lights up because Yaz and Mark are on the porch and he oh. is fuming um, <laughs> because like Mark is like rubbing all over her butt and then like they kiss. And so then at the same time, his phone buzzes and it's a text from Vashti asking if she can come over and he considers like, what should he do? So he thinks back to the first time that he had sex with Yasmin and he knows it's selfish to Vashti to have these feelings. So he tells her maybe tomorrow. And then he just leaves at the back door before Yaz can come in. So we go back to Yaz and she's at the restaurant outside of Josiah's office. And they've been pretty distant since the date and everything. But she goes in and he compliments her braids because she got her some braids now. They talk about Deja report card because she's a C in English. And also Kazim wants to play football, but Yaz does not want him to because of all the injuries and things like that. And she tells Josiah, um, because Josiah's like, well, and she's, she tells Josiah basically like, well, he also hasn't brought it up. And Josiah's like, well, he talks to me about it all the time. And so she's like, well, of course he talks to you about it. You're like, you're the cool parent. And I totally get that. And so he tells her like, basically she's like too uptight. And so she like, she's pissed and he's sitting like across from her on the edge of a couch. So she jumps up and she's like between his legs, like fuming. And they're just, like, kind of having, like, a stare-off. <laughs> and they were waiting on their business manager to come. So, like, as they're having the stare-off, Harvey is the man's name. He comes in. And he's like, I'm sorry. Am I interrupting something? And he's basically like, who said the last word or something like that? Because he's been working with them for, like, 10 years or something like that. And she wonders if Josiah still has feelings for her. Because he just, like, it just seemed like a very charged moment. <laughs> So the manager is coming because he wants to talk to them about their expansion plans for Charlotte. So before the divorce, um, Yaz really was looking at having a second location and they really put it on the back burner with the divorce and everything. But now they're back on good, you know, 
good terms with the business. And there is a restaurant in Charlotte that's getting ready to close because it's an older couple and they want to sell it. And so it's a really good area and Harvey thinks that they should invest. We go back over to Josiah and he basically is like, I saw the desire in her eyes when they were arguing and he goes out to talk to Vashti and he feels really bad. So he gives her a kiss as he's trying to leave um, to talk to Yaz and he looks up and sees her watching them. And he thinks if her and Mark have kissed since he like was spying on them on the camera. And she asks um, him about the expansion and he's thinking to himself, like he really wants to be with her. He really wants her, but he just cannot trust her and never will again since the divorce. So he asked if she would be okay with going on an overnight trip to check out the restaurant because it is in Charlotte. And she says her mom is coming for Thanksgiving. So maybe that would be a good time for them to go. And then they like are reminiscing about how her mom made chitlins one time and vomit, 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 vomit. <laughs> Do not make those in my house. Vomit, vomit. No, thank you. I'm like, we are not slaves anymore. We don't have to eat that. <laughs> we don't have to eat that. Free my people. Free them. <laughs> I cannot. My daughter will eat them. And I'm like, really? Oh, and my aunt sent her home with like a container at Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm like, that is no. the nastiest thing on earth. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I cannot. Again, Chitlins, LaCroix. I, sh- I, sh- <laughs> I struggle to eat meat, period. Oh, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, de- you definitely cannot. <laughs> no, thank you. All the love in the world to you. I cannot. Mm-mm. I can't do it. <laughs> but hey, so. Of course, of course, um, Yaz's mom makes those. Um, but so she asked Josiah, like, what his plans are for Thanksgiving and is he going to be with Vashti? And he says, like, no, like, I'm going to be at your house. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be with my family. And he asks if Mark's going to be coming. And he asks if they've gone out again. And she's like, no, he's not coming to Thanksgiving. But, like, they've been on a few dates. And he wants them all to be together for Thanksgiving. And she's fine with that. And she's basically tells him that he can bring Vashti. And I'm like, that's so big of her. I'll never be that adult. <laughs> I, I I will admit that I am not that grown. I'm not. I don't know that I could ever be that adult. <laughs> One day, maybe. <laughs> so we switch back to, um, or were we still at Yaz? Yeah, we switch back to Yaz. And it's basically the day before Thanksgiving. So her mom says, you thought it was good to invite Josiah and Vashti. And yeah, I agree with her mom. And her mom doesn't want her showing up, showing her up on the cooking. Cause she's basically like, did you tell Vashti I'm making the dressing and like the mac and cheese? Like, don't be having her come over here making that stuff. I already made that. And she's like, no, like I gave Vashti a list. I told her what you were making so she can make different sides. Like it's fine. And so her mom asks her how she's handling Josiah dating. And does she think that he's going to marry Vashti? And she tells her mom that she's dating too. And her mom's like, who? <laughs> Um, and so she asked her mom if she can make the, the stuffing. And again, Yaz cannot cook. <laughs> so like, I don't care that you're using Bird's recipe. I wouldn't yet. I wouldn't let her cook. Like Thanksgiving is not the time for experiments. And I want right. people to understand. You can experiment on all 364 other days of the year. <laughs> but if I come to Thanksgiving and the people who are required to make the sides that they make, because everyone has their, their recommended dish. That Dude. is made every year. Yeah, like I don't. Them. Yes. My, my mom every year. It's like okay, so what's on the menu? The same thing as last year. I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing different. There's no deviation. My, I'm like my mom's like well, I don't know what I'm making. You're making the broccoli and cheese casserole. You're making sweet potato casserole and desserts. My grandma <laughs> does not want to cook. You're making dressing, ma'am. You're gonna make the dressing, okay? 
Okay, why do we have the same conversation every year? It comes around every year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I would never let Yaz make this all the love in the world to her. No, ma'am. No, you cannot make that. But anywho, she asked if she can make the stuffing using Bird's recipe because basically when they were clearing out Bird's stuff after she passed away that she found this recipe book. So she's been making like little recipes using her book because it helps her feel closer to her. And her mom is like, "Mm, girl, like, you know, you can't cook. And she was like, (laughs) she said, you should have paid attention growing up, but you was trying to be fast. (laughs) And see, Mm hey, hey. Um, and her mom says that she missed Bird. So basically when her and Josiah got together, her mom and Bird like basically kind of became kind of like sisters. Like they used to cook together and just like, they were really a really close family. And that's, that's really nice. And that's sad too. I mean, it's always sad people pass away. Yeah. Um, so Kazim and Josiah come in and, uh, Josiah just brought him home from his therapy session and her mom tells Josiah that he's lucky he's so pretty or she wouldn't cook for him. <laughs> So Yaz walks him out uh, after he drops off Kazim and she just asks like, how was therapy? And he says that the therapist says that he thinks Kazim is nervous about grade skipping. And then Josiah also apologizes for saying that she puts a lot of pressure on the kids and he like is rubbing her cheek kind of like absentmindedly. And all she can think about is like their first time sleeping together. And Josiah says that he has to get home before Otis eats something because he thinks that he ate his missing Jordans. And she's like kind of like choked because she knows that they're upstairs in the closet. And they reminisce on like last year or Thanksgiving and basically how it was so awkward because like they like tried to act like they were normal, but they basically sat in silence the whole time and it was horrible. And then they're also reminiscing on their, their actual first Thanksgiving. So when they, when they first got together, they were like super poor. I think they ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> and they could have went to bird's house, but they really just wanted to like spend it together and be alone. Um, so they lived like, they basically lived like in the hood in some raggedy apartment. It didn't even barely have heat, but they didn't care. Like they were just snuggled up eating peanut butter and jellies and like grape soda or something like that. And it was just like very cute and yeah, and now they're not together anymore, and that's so sad. Yeah. So we switch over to Josiah, and they are coming back to Yaz's for Thanksgiving dinner. Of course, Vashti is nervous, and Carol, which is Yaz's mom, opens the door. She welcomes them, and she's, like, looking at Vashti's food, like, what did you get? What did you bring? Like, she sets her food down, and she starts popping the lids off the pants. <laughs> There's also, like, other employees there. Yaz loves to host events, so, like, she invites their employees as well, like, um, Milky's there. And... So they're all like looking at all the food and they're basically like, we're hungry, like let's eat. So they start eating and he's like eating the food. He's like, oh, that's good. That's good. So he eats the dressing and he's like, this tastes like birds. Like he's like, who made this? And he tells Carol, which is Yaz's mom, like, oh my God, this is so good. And she's like, I didn't make that. (laughs) So then he tells Vashti like, oh, this is so good. And she's like, I didn't make it. And so then like he looks up and like Yaz is like, no, I made it like using Bird's recipe. It's like, dang, go around the whole table. Man. And so (laughs) like, you know, he's like, oh, like, you know, he's like, basically like, I never thought that I would, you know, like people just don't cook the same. And so he's like, I never thought that I would taste this again like and, and so Vashti's like well I thought you liked my kind that I make at the restaurant he's like I mean I do it's just like you know it's not the same it's just it's like home basically so like they're having this little moment and everybody at the table is like looking at him and looking at yes and like okay and then Vashti looks kind of hurt so she and he's like oh like whatever she made like oh this is good too and so um 
Vashti asks him if Harvey is going on the trip with them to Charlotte. And Deja's like, nope, it's just mom and dad. (laughs) Messy. (laughs) Messy. And it's, I mean, first of all, okay, Harvey is going on the trip. But he has family in Charlotte. So, like, he's going to be staying with them. So, uh, Yaz and Josiah are going to fly up together. And then they're both going to be staying at a hotel. Okay. So, Vashti obviously is upset. And she says, like, I wish you would have told me. And he, like, is basically like, you know, I, um... He hasn't even told Vashti that Yaz is dating because he doesn't even want to process that. Like, he really don't talk to Vashti. And he looks at Yaz, who he sees as, like, his old wife again. Like, she's laughing. She's happy again. And he's really missing her. So then they go around and they all say what they're thankful for. And Yaz says that she's thankful for her kids and just for, like, time itself and for being there. And Kazim said he is happy for therapy. And Josiah uh, admires him for that. And so as he is getting ready to leave that night after Thanksgiving, he runs into Carol and um, Carol was like, oh, it was great meeting Vashti, um, but he doesn't want to see, she doesn't want to see her get hurt. And Josiah's like, I don't know what you mean by that. And Carol says, you look at Yasmin and it doesn't seem like it's over. And he says, well, Yas made that choice. And he's, and so Carol's like, well, Vashti left a dish in the kitchen. So like, you need to go grab that or whatever. So he goes into the kitchen and he sees Yaz texting and he says, are you texting your boyfriend? And she says, I don't have one, but if you mean Mark, like, yeah. And they, (laughs) they talk a little bit about what Kazim said about therapy and he tries to leave. um, uh, But anyway, so then he leaves and basically he's like, you know, I'll see you Saturday morning when they leave for the trip. So as he's leaving, Vashti wants him to spend the night at her house, but he's basically been avoiding her since him and Yas had that argument in his office and they like got all close and personal. So he's at Vashti's apartment and he knows that he can't be with her until he's worked out his feelings, which this is such an adult responsible move that he's going to do. And it makes me think about last week and why more just can't tell Azrael that she does not <laughs> <laughs> So he's at Vashti's apartment and he basically like she comes up to him and she's trying to have sex with him. And he's like, I want to talk. And she's like, well, like whatever. But he's like, no, like I want to talk. And he's basically like, we can't do this anymore. It's not fair to you. I'm not over Yaz. But also even like without the Yaz part, like I, even if I don't end up back with Yaz, I'm not saying I'm with her. Nothing's happened. I'm not ready to be dating. And so he does break up with her. And she tries to tell him, like, I can be there for you. I, you know, I can help you work through it. And he's like, it's not fair to you. Like, you deserve better than this. And then he mentions work and she says, like, I've worked too hard to get my job. Like, I'm not leaving. Grits is like a hot and popular place. I'm not losing that. And he tells her, I don't want to lead you on. Um, I thought I was ready. And she tells him that she hopes he gets everything that he wants. So we switch back to Yaz and she is rushing. She woke up late and so she has not packed. She overslept. There's a knock on the door and she is like not dressed. She is literally in her underwear. So she's like thinking it's her mom, like come in to help. It's Josiah. (laughs) And she's literally in her bra and panties. And he's like, I've been down here for 10 minutes waiting on you. And she's like, um... I am naked. And he's like, girl, I don't care about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing I, I haven't seen before. Nothing I haven't seen. 
So he says, like, well, your mom told me to come up here and help. And she's like, yeah, my mom's not slick. She was like, my mom told him to come in there and get that dish, the Vashti left. And it wasn't no dish. And then she told him to come up here. No one, I was in here naked trying to get dressed. She is not slick. Yeah, like, she's not slick. So he just starts, like, packing. And then he holds up a black thong. And he's like, what's this? And she's like, get out. Get out. (laughs) So as she leaves, she tells her mom, like, I know what you're doing. And you need to stop. And her mom's like, what? And she says, um, her mom says, like, he does not want Vashti. And, or no, she's, Jazz says that Josiah doesn't want me. And her mom says, you uh, don't deny that you don't, that you want him. And says that if you want him back, that this weekend is your opportunity. And she says, he has a girlfriend. And her mom's like, you know, I like Vashti, but she doesn't deserve, deserve to be stuck between y'all, basically. <laughs> like, I, I don't dislike the girl, but hey, it is what it is. Um, and her mom asks, like, what if he married her? And so, like, she leaves her to think about that. So they get in the car and she asks how Vashti was this morning. And he says, I haven't talked to her this morning, um, but he assumes she's fine. But he doesn't tell her about the breakup yet. So they get to the hotel and I was like, please be one room. Please be one room. Please. I love a one room scenario. Um, because <laughs> they're basically, oh, they're not the hotel yet, but they get the hotel details and they don't check it. So they get on the, uh, they get to the hotel and there is only one room and there's only one bed. There's only one king bed. And I'm like, yes. And there's no open rooms because there's a conference in town. (laughs) I love a one bed. Anyways. So she calls Harvey panicking. Like, oh my God, I can't. And I'm like, damn, like y'all can stay in the same place. Stop acting like that. Y'all are divorcees. Um, and Josiah's like, it's fine. I'll sleep on the couch. Cause it's basically like a King suite that has like a room inside of a room and a pullout couch. But yes, does not trust herself. So she is stressed. <laughs> Switch over to Josiah. He's on the phone with Harvey. Cause he's like, I lied. Get me another room. <laughs> <laughs> and Harvey's like, I mean, are you worried you're going to cheat on Vashti? And he's like, we broke up. And yes, it's like, <gasps> cause she overheard. Cause he didn't know she was behind him. And he's like, oh my. And she says, I'm sorry to hear that. And he says, are you? But she doesn't answer. So she goes into the bedroom to change and she doesn't close the door all the way. So he can see her in her underwear. And she comes out and she gives him a a bag of his favorite popcorn and asks if this is still his favorite. And he's like, oh my God, I'm being tested. Because then they get in the car and he's like, what is that smell? And the driver is like, I'm sorry, I had like garlic or something for lunch. He's like, no, <laughs> like it smells good. And she's like, oh, I got this new perfume. Like you want to smell my wrist and like puts her wrist up to his nose. And he's like, I am being tested by the Lord on high. <laughs> like what is going on? And she asks if he likes it. And he says, it's fine. And she says, that is such a nice compliment. Like so dry. And he says, is that what you want? Compliments? Does Mark not compliment you enough? And she says, I don't want compliments, especially not from you. And he apologizes. So they get to the the, re- the restaurant that they're looking to buy. And they meet the couple. It's an older white couple um, that owns the restaurant. So switch over to Yes. They're eating dinner. Um, the couple had clicked at their restaurant. And it's like a pot pie. And the older couple cannot keep their hands off each other. Like they're just so in love. And she thinks if the, um, she's thinking about the breakup with Vashti and Josiah, but she says um, that doesn't change things between them. And the older couple says that they're excited by all the similarities that they have with Josiah. And yes. And um, Josiah says, we're not a couple, but the couple is actually still impressed because they're like, Oh, like it's great that you guys are still able to like work together and everything, even after your divorce. 
And they tell them that they're actually not married, the older couple. They've been together for 30 years, but they decided that they don't really, like, believe in the constraints of marriage. And they don't want to be, like, forced together by a marriage. They say, like, we choose to be together every day, and it's more meaningful that way. And then they eat, like, this pear turnover dessert, which they, like, grow pears out back or whatever. And so Yaz and Josiah tell them, like, you know, they need to think about it um, and look at all the numbers and everything. But they really are happy with the place. And the couple says that that's fine. They said they're going to list it at the first of the year. And then the man gives Josiah this like super expensive Japanese wine as like a thanks. And the woman tells yes, that it's not too late for your relationship. And so she's starting to consider that. Um, And so they, they leave. So we switch back to Josiah and they're back in the hotel room. They've been there for like hours. <laughs> and so he's like, you want to get room service? So they do. And the kids call and they're like, uh-uh. grandma cooked chitlins again, <laughs> but she washed them in bleach. So oh, it doesn't God. smell. And I'm like, no, I don't. First of all, uh-uh, I'm not. <laughs> so the kids are eating that, but they just like, are y'all in the bed? <laughs> And they're like, oh, like I was just in your mom's room. Like they don't tell him that they only have one room. So dinner comes and they share. And then he, uh, Josiah pulls out the bottle of whiskey that the man gave him. And Jazz just wonders out loud if her mom had been around during the time of her depression, if she would have struggled so much. And she asks him about therapy and he says it's going good. And he asks her to be honest and just ask, like, was she suicidal when she was really depressed? She says that Dr. Abrams asked her that same question at her first session. And she says that she didn't want to take her own life. She just didn't want to live it. Like she did. She woke up every day disappointed that she was still alive. Um, And that she had to do another day. And she says that she was so mad at him during the depression. And he thinks that she meant that he, that she was mad about him not being there for the fall. And she says, no, like, it's just that you never stopped. Like you just kept going and going and I was just falling apart basically. And they could never work through things. And so she asked him where he went the night of the, that she asked for the divorce. So he says that he went to Preach's house and got drunk and passed out at his friend's house. And he apologizes and he blames himself for being on the trip when she fell. And she says, you know, you're right. I told you to go on that trip and you told me not to close up that night um, alone. And this is where she says, uh, talks about the placental abruption and how it caused her water to break. And then she had had to have a, a C-section in order to deliver the baby as well. And he grabs her and just holds her and kisses her forehead. And she just kind of cries while he's holding her. And she tells him to ask her again if she's sorry about the breakup. And she says, um, he asks her and she says, hell no. And so they start kissing and he says like, stop, we can't go there. And so she runs into the room frustrated and she's like, this is all my fault. So she's just like in the bed with all her clothes on and she's crying and he comes in and like, he's basically like, if we have sex, like we can only do this once, just like get it out of our system. And I'm like, okay, yeah, right. Like, (laughs) I'm like, whatever. And so they do end up having sex. We switch back to Yaz. She's back home and Mark calls her and she's feeling bad because she's obviously hooked back up with Josiah. And he asks if she has a Christmas tree because his family owns a Christmas tree farm. And she says, no, we don't have any have one yet. And he asks, you know, I can bring you one and we can go to dinner. And she's like, no. And then she feels bad. And she's like, well, you can come over for takeout um, and bring the tree. And so he comes over and does that and he kisses her, but she feels like she's betraying Josiah. And she just tells him like they shouldn't see each other right now. She doesn't really see him like like that. Um, and she's not ready. And he goes, you know, you did tell me that. And he basically respects that. And that's kind of the end of Mark. 
We switch back to Josiah. He's talking to Kazim, who says that some of the kids tease him for being smart at school. And Kazim tells Josiah um, that Mark brought the tree. And Josiah's like, hmm. Like, he's like, uh, <laughs> your mom's boyfriend. So he's like pissed. And he reminds himself that, you know, she's not mine, but he still wants her. Like, he's like, I thought that was going to get it out of my system. Like, no, you knew better. Right. You knew better. So he's taking Kazim to get his haircut, which Preach also, like, is a barber. So he's going to get his haircut. And he's like, I do not want to be anywhere near Preach because he's going to smell the distress on me and, like, ask about it. (laughs) (laughs) So after the haircut, of course, Preach pulls him to the side and is like, okay, what's going on? And so Preach says, you know, basically that he feels like Josiah and Yaz were once in a lifetime and that they're in different places now. So they should probably try again. So we go back to Yaz and they're throwing a um, annual New Year's Eve party at Grits and all of her friends are there. Even Soledad's husband came and is saying, as she's talking about like Soledad start trying to start a business and he doesn't think she could, she should because of the girls and like Hendrix and uh, Yaz are like, I mean, she has you like, duh. <laughs> and even Lupe, like her older, oldest daughter is like, it's perfectly fine. Like, why couldn't mom do that? And Yaz notices there's a lot of tension between Soledad and Edward and wonders if, like, basically they're on their way to a divorce. And all the kids are going to be gone tonight. Um, so she's planning on doing a sleepover at Hendrix. And she's wearing a necklace, which Josiah had given her for one of their anniversaries. And it has a wheel on it because, again, they do that, you know, till the wheels fall off. And she also has her wedding ring on it as well. So she goes down to the cellar. Um, to talk to Josiah and she tells him that the kids are staying elsewhere tonight and and mentions that the house will be empty and he asks what Mark's doing tonight and why he didn't want to show his girlfriend off and he says that Mark doesn't deserve her and she says you know she hasn't seen him since the tree and told him that they were better off as friends and Josiah says like us she says that they never got past a kiss talking about her and Mark and he says that we haven't talked about that night in Charlotte which he didn't really want to (laughs) that was kind of the whole point Mm -hmm. so he pops a bottle of champagne and they don't have any glasses and so like they just kind of like share the bottle and they're like really like intimate and close and he tells her happy new year baby and then Vashti like busting him because of course she does like girl go find you something to do (laughs) and she's like oh I just had like a question and so Yaz is like she leaves because she doesn't want people to think that there's something going on with them even though I mean right (laughs) but she waits outside and she like can kind of see them she sees them like embrace and wonders if they're back together so she goes to do the midnight toast and she's like crying and she's like you know what i'm gonna put myself together and she basically does her toast and she's like you know if anyone is struggling like i have in the past because everyone that's here lives in the neighborhood they all everyone knows how like she went through that depression and how depressed she was and losing the baby so everyone pretty much knows that Um, So she's like, if anyone is struggling like she has in the past, don't give up, make the most of another year, another chance. And then she says, may all your pain be champagne, which is what Josiah had just said to her when they drank the champagne. It's like from a song that he works out to. So at 12, she's like looking around and she sees, she sees Vashti kiss Josiah's cheek. So her and Hendrix and Soledad leave and there's like a fountain that it's really just a regular fountain, but they kind of turn into a wishing fountain on the way to Hendrix because Hendrix lives nearby. So they just walk. So she pulls off the chain and she's like, I'm just going to have like a fresh start. I'm going to just make a wish and get rid of it. So she tosses the whole thing in there and then she starts to panic and she's like, oh my God, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe it was innocent. Maybe Josiah isn't back with Ashtai. And so she, she jumps in the fountain and she is like trying to find the necklace. 
And so she looks up and Hendrix is already ankle deep in there too. She's like, I don't know what's going on. What am I looking for? Let's find it. So then her Soledad and Hendrix are like kicking around in there and she is able to find it. And they're like, are you going to tell us what this is about? And she's like, can I thank you now and tell you later? And Hendrix is like, no. (laughs) And Soledad is like, yes, just tell us later. So then she goes to Dr. Abrams and says like, I messed up. And she says, Dr. Abrams tells her, like, I suspected that you wanted to get back with Josiah and tells her to calm down because you haven't made any irreversible decisions, like jumping off of a bridge with me. (laughs) Um, And she basically tells her, I want you to pick a day on a calendar, circle it, and that's the day that you're going to forgive yourself for everything that's happened. And Yaz is like, today. I pick today. So we switch to Josiah, and it is now Deja's 14th birthday. Deja is complaining because Yaz made a cake, and she thinks it'll be nasty because, you know, everybody, you know, the whole cooking thing. And he tells her that she needs to be nice to her mother. He tells her how he keeps, um, he, he tells her, like, you know how you made this ashtray in, like, the second grade? And, he, and she's like, yeah. And he's like, it's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but I keep it because I love you. And, he, and she's basically like, that's, like, the same thing. So after the party, like, Josiah's eating the cake and like it's Burr's recipe again like it tastes just like her so all of the girls are upstairs and he goes in the kitchen to talk to Yaz um and he wants to talk about Vashti and Yaz is like I saw you guys on New Year's Eve and I assumed you guys were back together but he says no she wants to go to Charlotte to be at the restaurant she doesn't want to see us get back together basically like like I said right And she says, like, did you tell her that's ridiculous and that you wouldn't touch me with a six-foot pole? And he grabs her and says, I'm touching you now. Switch back to Yaz. And so they start kissing. And he says, yes, you don't want this. And she says, I do. And I haven't not thought about that night since it happens. And so, like, they start, like, fooling around in the kitchen. I'm like, in my mind, I was like, aren't the girls upstairs? Right. I I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. And he's like... (laughs) So it's like, she's like making noise and he's like, you have to be quiet. So they go to the garage and get in her car um, and they end up having sex. He doesn't use a condom this time, but she says, I'm on birth control. And he's like, okay, well, I've like been using, he's never not used protection when he was with Vashti. Um, So like they do that really quick. And like, as they're getting out of the car, Deja's like, mom. So Deja comes out and he like slipped out of the garage. And so she's like, what are you doing out here? She's like, oh, I'm looking for something. <laughs> and uh, Deja's like, can I go to the movies? And thanks her for the cake. And she's like, yeah, it's your birthday. Like, of course. And she's afraid of how the kids are going to respond to them getting back together. So she definitely doesn't want them to find out. And she gets a text from Josiah asking if it's all clear. And she says, yes. And it was amazing. And she says, can we do that again? And Josiah says, yes, but we need to talk. And he tells her he has her panties. <laughs> So switch over to Josiah. He's having an urgent meeting with the therapist. And, <laughs> and his doctor asks, like, why is sleeping with your ex-wife an emergency? And he said he felt like coming home and running wild all at the same time. And he said, are you just afraid of what happens if it keeps happening? And he admits that he had, um, he had some impotence, like, prior to their divorce. And the therapist tells him like that's normal with grief he's like no 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 he's like no like that's a normal thing that can happen like when you're dealing with grief and josiah's basically like how can i trust her again and i can't live through that again and the therapist tells him like you just need to talk to her because that's what you should have been doing all along and he basically tells him like okay he can't promise him that no that yes isn't going to want to divorce again one day or whatever but basically he's like is it worth never being with her again to not take the risk 
Or would it be like worth the time that you right. did get with her, basically? So we switch back to Yaz, and Josiah meets her at the house after the kids have gone to school. And he says, what, ha- um, what happened Saturday? And she says, like, I don't regret it. So he tells her, he talked to his therapist. He wants to keep doing it, but he needs ground rules. And he's like, this is not a reconciliation. And this pissed me off so bad. I was like, oh my God, come on, bro. So, <laughs> and basically, like, they're just fooling around. They're just, yeah, they're, they're, they're just sneaking around. There, there's no relationship here. This, this is, this is nothing. And she's like, I know, like, yeah, it's basically like, I'm just going to take whatever I can get. I'll take the scraps I can get. And I'm like, no, uh, want more for yourself. Right. And um, he wants to keep it from the kids. He doesn't want to get the kids hopes up. He doesn't want other people in their business. So he doesn't want anybody to know. And she's like, I'll take them however I can get them, basically. So she agrees. And he doesn't plan on them ever getting back together. But so they start basically having sex again and sneaking around. So Yaz goes to a girls night and it's at Soledad's and they notice her like smiling and texting. They're like, look, who's got you smiling like that? And um, Hendrix like tackles her and like, Soledad, get her phone. So like Soledad gets a phone and reads her messages and they're like, oh my God. So Yaz tells them that she's been sneaking around with Josiah for about a month now and they tell her that she needs to be careful and ask if they're exclusive and what will she do if it doesn't work out? And then Soledad admits that she found out that her husband, Edward, Edward is cheating on her because basically he said his assistant's name in his sleep at night and was like, oh, like I was just, we had a long week. No. Okay. And Hendrix also um, lets them know that her mom has dementia. And so she's just been having like a hard time dealing with that. So they all have like really trying times. So Yaz goes to a presentation at the kids' school. It's like some really boring, like, budget meeting. And Josiah comes in to the presentation and literally is, like, trying to hook up with her in this auditorium with all these people, like, puts a, like, blanket over her lap. I'm like, stop. Uh, excuse me? Stop it, Sarah. <laughs> and then, like, the lights come on, so he just, like, abruptly stops. And so she is, like, so distracted, like, uh, I don't know what to do. And, like, ends up, si- like, someone somehow ends up signed up to, like, take the lead on this, like, school dance because she, like, can't even get her thoughts straight. So everyone leads and he like takes her back in the school dressing room and they have sex in the freaking school dressing room. And I'm like, what is, go- what is going on here? <laughs> like, this is, this is out of control. Like, but he like just ca- cannot like get enough of her. And she asks him if he's seeing anyone else because she's thinking back to her conversation with the girls. And he, uh, he says, do you mean am I sleeping with anyone else? And so she tells him like, you know, they saw my phone. So I did tell them about it and he's fine with it. And so he asks, like, do you want me to be exclusive? And she says yes. And he agrees he wants them to be exclusive also. Over to Josiah. He's thinking that he can get used to this. He, the kids were gone, like, last night. So they kind of had, like, a date night. And it felt super normal. Um, she, he's over there, like, basically he spent the night. So it's the morning now. And they start having sex again. And she's kind of, like, hiding her body. And he just, like, starts admiring him and kissing, like, all her stretch marks. And he's like, this mark gave me Deja, and this mark gave me Kasim, and this mark gave me Henry. And I'm like, oh, that's just so cute. <laughs> and he's worried about when it will, when this ends, like, how will he feel? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be hurt? And so he has to go to Charlotte, and he, she says that she'll miss him, and he wishes that she could come. She tells him how it hurts to think about him going up there because Vashti's going to be there. And he admits that he saw her kiss Mark that day on the porch and it made him crazy. And she asked him if he loved Vashti. And they're in bed, half dressed and other things. Oh my God. And Deja comes in because she's like, Mom, I came home early, blah, 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 blah. 
And she's like, what the? And he's like, girl, cut the door and get out. <laughs> <laughs> like, Josiah is, like, barely just nonchalantly. I can love how he, like, handles Deja. He's like, go downstairs. Like, just shut the door. So he um, tells Jazz, like, it's okay. Like, and she's like, nope, it's going to be terrible. And Josiah's like, I'll talk to her. It is what it is. Like, she saw us. Like, whatever. So he goes downstairs. He starts making breakfast and apologizes to Deja for finding out this way. And she's like, why is this even happening? And he tells her, like, we do not owe you an explanation. Like, we are adults. We are your parents. But he's like, I am going to answer your questions. He's like, we don't have to tell you and we don't want to confuse you. And he knew once they... um, Basically, he felt like he's basically telling us like he knew once they got caught that he wasn't going to give yes up. Like he know that he can't keep doing this and not like reconcile. And Deja says, why do you even want her after what she said and says that she basically heard everything that night that Yaz asked for the divorce? And she says, everything is her fault. Um, She doesn't deserve you. And Yaz is in the doorway and she heard everything. So switch to Yaz. She is horrified and hurt. Deja says he was protecting you and Yaz says yes and Josiah says it doesn't matter but Deja says that this is bullshit Deja says she heard them fight and saw her cry but never thought that they would split up until she heard her mom ask for the divorce Yaz says like it was a it was a mistake asking for the divorce and Deja um you know basically tells her mom like I don't hate you even though it seems like it but she's like I don't hate you and Yaz is like, we cannot go on like this, bickering and being hateful to each other. And I just can't, like, I can't deal with this anymore. So she holds out her arms to Deja and Deja does like walk into them and they are able to hug. So they end up having a snow day and this is when Josiah is gone, I think, to mm-hmm. Charlotte. So yeah. school gets canceled because they're in Atlanta and they cancel for like two centimeters of snow <laughs> down there. Um, <laughs> and... They haven't told Kasim because Deja was the only one that knew. So Kasim doesn't know about the makeup or whatever with Josiah and Yaz. And so she's just like watching a different world with Deja. And Deja tells her that she likes the HBCU experience, but Deja doesn't want to go to college um, because she wants to be a hair influencer. But she does tell Yaz, I want to go to like a black school now. Like she's basically like, I don't want to go to this private school anymore. I hate it there. I want to be at a school with people like me. And Deja's like, you know, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, I need to go change my pad or my tampon or something like that. And Yaz is like, oh, my God, my period's late. And I was pissed. I was about to be the most pissed off person in the whole world. (laughs) Because I said, please, no, I do not want this. Please do not do this to me. I do not want this. So in the middle of whatever this snowstorm is, I don't know what that actually means in Atlanta, but she decides that I'm going to walk to the store to get a pregnancy test. So she goes and she starts panicking because she's like, this is going to like physically and mentally ruin me. Like Josiah does not want any more kids. Oh my God. Like I just got him back. Like she's panicking. So we switch back to Josiah. He's home. And like by home, I mean, he gets off the plane and goes straight to Yaz's house because that is his home. (laughs) (laughs) And he considers it his home. So he goes in and they just give him a hard time because he like is trying to act like he ain't excited to go see Yaz. But (laughs) he's like, hey, like trying to get away. She's like, you're trying to get upstairs. (laughs) And he's like, girl, hush. So he goes to find Yaz and she tells him about, you know, her period. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, I took a pregnancy test, but he's like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, well, I'm not pregnant. I started last night. And I said, thank God. I was gonna be. I was like, we don't need that. We can have all of this without right, the right. pregnancy. I was like, please, no. I, I, There are times and places for pregnancy tropes. And I was like, I don't need that. 
It doesn't have to be. We don't have to do that this time. So I was so <laughs> glad that they did not do that. But she does tell him that she is open to fostering and adopting now and that she wants him to come home. He says, you kicked me out and you can't just wave your magic wand and fix everything. And I'm like, Josiah, you literally want to be at home. Right. Why are you doing this? Like, right. why? Why? And so she goes and gives him his shoes. And he gets even more pissed off. And is, she's like, you know, this is kind of like my little piece of you. And he's like, you don't have to keep a little piece of me because you could have just had me here the whole time. And I get it. But he tells her, you didn't try to save us. And she said, I couldn't save us. She said, I didn't even want to live. And she says, I want you back. And he's really torn between walking out that door and making her say that over and over again. And she asks him to ask her if she loves him again, but he can't. So she just says that she does. So Josiah goes to another emergency meeting with his therapist, (laughs) which the therapist is like cracking up at this point because he's like, you hated therapy when you started. So he asks him, um, oh, this is the part where he asks him, is the risk of losing her greater than the chance of having her again at all? And he basically wants Josiah to talk about all of his losses. So talk about the day that his parents died and Bird dying. So he does. Like he tells him how he was sitting on the porch from school and his parents never came home. And then finally the police showed up and were like, your parents died in a car crash. And then his aunt Bird came and got him. And then he says that he went to his aunt Bird's house. She was cooking like a lemon something cake. All the ingredients were out and she was dead on the floor from a heart attack. And he was like, um... He did something else too. He but, fixed her earring. Yeah, he fixed her earring, which he never told anyone that. Um, and so like he starts crying and he remembers how like in the very first session with him, he saw a box of tissues at the therapist. He was like, what the hell is there Kleenex in here for? And like he looks up and the therapist is like handing him the box of <laughs> tissues because he's finally able to cry. And I'm like, oh, he had a breakthrough. <laughs> so he switched back to yes and she is trying to make birds mac and cheese, but she's literally like sobbing and she's like, I'm just going to order takeout, like whatever, because Josiah just like ran out to go to his emergency meeting. And then Josiah comes in and he has a suitcase behind him and the kids see them. um, Basically they kiss and the kids see them. And Josiah says that he's coming home. Oh, so we go to the epilogue and it is in Yaz's point of view and it has been like a whole nother year. So we are at new year's Eve again. She is with Soledad and Hendrix at the restaurant and Soledad and Yaz, um, basically let Deja and Lupe leave that school and go to like the regular school and Kasim did get to skip the grade. Deja also started therapy and so they all do their own therapy and they're doing family counseling. They have got to be spending like $3,000 a month on therapy because <laughs> therapy is expensive. Yeah. I was like, who is paying for this? It is, I mean, it's great, but like it is expensive. And I mean, they, they're, owning their own business too so it's not yeah. like they're you know they probably don't have like inch like oh my gosh yeah i'm they are dropping a, they are dropping a, <laughs> a lot, lot. Of money. <laughs> so they are like sitting like having like some little drinks at the end of the night and josiah comes over and um they're talking about how they'll be alone tonight because the kids will be gone we did find out that he got a vasectomy a few months ago so there won't <laughs> be any more accidents and they're still not remarried um but they are going to uh, start doing adopting classes soon. And so they start dancing to Let's Stay Together, which is their song. And he tells her to check his coat pocket and there's a large ring in there. And it's inscripted with the words um, or inscripted with the word wheel. And basically like that just represents that there's no beginning or no ending to them. And he asks her to marry him. And she says, yes. The oh. end. Oh, it was so nice and warm and fuzzy at the end. 
Oh, it's precious. <laughs> it's precious. Oh, okay. What did you rate it? Uh, I rated it five stars. I did too. <laughs> uh, I gave it a five. I really, really enjoyed it. It was so good. I felt so bad for Yaz. I just, uh I get it. Like, it's so, that's so hard. Yeah. Even Josiah, like, I get, like, the whole, like, oh, male toxicity is bad. But, like, mm-hmm. being the man, having to be, like, the breadwinner and not showing emotion and, like, not being able to cry and, like, that is so hard. And Mental then, like, health matters. Yeah. It's okay. So important. To not be okay. I wish they could have gone to therapy so they didn't have to, like, get yeah. the divorce and things. But, I mean, it's nice that they came full circle, but... Uh, and the kids, and I'm like, Deja, I just want to, like, punch you in the face. Come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I get it. Like, that's what a kid perspective is. Um, but that's just so hard. And, like, as a mom, I just, like, uh, I got that so much. I felt so bad. It's just, like, because she was so nasty to her. Yeah. It's, like, you don't get it. Like, I just, I can't imagine, like, I losing a, a baby is so hard, like, at any stage. But, like, literally carrying a baby and literally getting ready mm-hmm. to have them and then having to deliver a child that you know is not like no longer with yeah. you like that is one of the most unimaginable things and so like my heart really goes out to people who experience that because that is so sad and then you do come home and you have all of these things like this nursery prepared and like how, I mean it's the same thing when anyone dies like how do I just get rid of all of this stuff um that's so hard. And it makes me think like my dad, when my grandma died, my dad like packed that stuff up quick and it was gone. And I'm like, that's what, that's what Josiah wanted to do. Like he like was like, I'm ready to like move. Um, and I don't know if that's dealing with it or just shoving it down. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But um, like grief is just, it is like such a strange thing and it's really hard for people to um, process and it's okay to not be okay. You just have to like find your way to deal with that so yeah mm, i yeah. really like that and yeah the and the whole oh i understand the teen girl yes angst <laughs> because full disclosure when i mentioned my youngest sister peyton um I only inform people that she's my half sister. She's my sister, but I only inform her that she's my half sister to let people know that I'm not dogging on my mom because she's not my mom's kid. Uh-oh. Um, but I myself and my mom are raising her and her brother and she has, you know, past trauma and anger and lord. Yeah. All of that with a 13-year-old teenage hormones and i sometimes so yeah i saw her and <laughs> i saw her in deja yeah <laughs> yeah it's just hard i mean that i mean that's camera yeah. it's just like uh it it is hard it's hard for these kids mm-hmm. um it's hard to be a thought it is hard to be a parent when you have your own personal issues and like all you want to mm-hmm. do is lay in bed and like be like miserable but i can't like i have to get up and go right. to work today and like I have kids, like, I literally cannot lay in my room for 20 minutes without someone coming in there like, Mom, can you do this? Can you open this? Can you do this? Can you show me that? Can you, like, so, like, I get, like, and it's it's hard, and, like, and they, like, I'm supposed to do that. They're supposed to be right. doing that, and it's not, like, you know, so that is, it's hard. I remember, like, after I had Cameron, like, I was really depressed and um, when she was a baby, and, like, 
being like, I don't want to do this. Like, I want to just lay here and I like look at this like beautiful little baby who needs me to get up and I'm like, I'm struggling to take care of yourself, let alone another human. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, um, it's so hard. It is so hard to adopt. (laughs) <laughs> that's what it is so i'm glad that they i'm glad that they were able i assume yeah. they, they were going to reconcile i mean all the love in the world of vashai sorry you had to get out of there <laughs> um i definitely i don't i would never date this man i would never date this man <laughs> there's no i'm not dating anybody that's that's close with their ex-wife i'm sorry yeah it's literally he's like got keys to your house like you still like uh-uh nope i mean that is extremely healthy if it's if that's how you do things, I'm not comfortable with that. There's yeah. no, there's no way. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Red flags. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, any other thoughts? I did character cast. Ah, see, I didn't. Let's hear them. I didn't do it for everybody. Okay. Um, I couldn't nail anybody down for Soledad because I just felt like I couldn't find the right person. Okay. But, um... For Mark, I thought of Justin Hartley. I don't know if you've watched This Is Us, but here I have I have all the pictures already brought up for you. <laughs> She's prepared. Oh, okay. Yep. I and then it. for Deja, I have Storm Reed. Oh, I love Storm. And then okay. So for Josiah, I was like, I feel like the obvious choice is Michael B. Jordan. So I'm trying <laughs> to not do Michael B. Jordan. So I picked um, Leroyce Hawkins. Oh, I don't know him. He's from, uh, what is it? Chicago PD. Oh, okay. I love that show. Um, for Hendrix. Gabrielle Union. <laughs> she, yeah, she would be good for that. And then for Yasmin, Tika Sumter. Okay, yep. I like Tika. So those were my casts. Oh, those are good. I was like, nope, I haven't even. I'm being very productive, guys. I am reading, reading, reading. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not cast, so. Okay, well, oh, well, that was good. We have to read more of hers. Yeah. This, this has a second one, right? Yeah. It comes out soon, I think. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to read more. I enjoyed that thoroughly. So I hope that you guys did too. Yeah. Um, but then our next one, I also enjoyed because I finished it yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it is Their Vicious Games by Joel Wellington. Yes. Um, quick read. I really enjoyed it. So that's what we'll be doing next week. So good. So good. Yeah, it was really <laughs> Can't good. wait. Um, yeah, February is not flying, but it is flying. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's dragging very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this episode will be under two hours. Um, <laughs> you'll go us. But yeah, okay. I think that's all I have. So if you're not already, first of all, okay. If you follow us on Facebook, then you need to go follow us on TikTok and Instagram. If you follow us on Instagram, then you need to go follow us on Facebook and TikTok. And if you follow us on TikTok, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook. But we have a lot of followers or like views on on TikTok and you need to hit the follow button. 
Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're listening to us and you don't follow us, like, what are you doing? And follow <laughs> us on all three. We have yes. the potential. Yeah. And we may be doing something Ooh, yes. fun here soon. Something nice for a listener or two or whatever. So... Definitely follow us and make sure your friends are following us. Yeah. Or you'll miss out. You're going to miss out. (laughs) So, all right. That's all I got.